Hello and welcome to Pause with the Pastors. My name is Davis Johnson and I'm one of the associate pastors here at Anniston First United Methodist Church. I'm joined by our senior pastor, Tammy Jackson, and our other associate pastor, Kyle Bryan. Pause with the Pastors is a time where we take a moment and review what our message was about last Sunday and we look forward to what our message will cover in the coming worship service. So, Tammy, do you want to share with us what last Sunday was about? Um, just briefly, we talked about Jesus' baptism and how Jesus had nothing to repent of. So John's baptism was one of repentance. Jesus, being sinless, would have had nothing to repent from, and yet he insisted that John baptize him so that everything God had prescribed would be done. And so we as a faith community practice baptism, but also we believe in being connected and part of a community of faith and that that is beneficial to us. Um, Kyle pointed out last week that we were not meant to make this journey alone um, and there are no orphans in the kingdom of God. Our faith community becomes our family that supports us for that journey and we follow the example of Jesus as we do that. Yeah, I had a professor in seminary that a few of my friends laughed at a moment where he was trying to describe that aspect of the Christian faith. And his turn of phrase was, we're not cowboys. And um, it was just a little too hokey, so it kind of stuck with us through the rest of seminary. So if we talked about being out in the weeds with some project mm-hmm. in our work, never friend remind us, like, Kyle, we're not cowboys. Who was that? What professor was that? Um, I, don't, I think it was a guest lecturer in a practical theology class. It was someone that Dr. B brought in. Um, okay. It was very funny. So I've never heard um, the phrase like cowboys used just like that, but I've heard people say there are no Lone Ranger Christians, Mm -hmm. like we don't go it alone. Well, we're not cowboys. Yeah. (laughs) So just know that. No, I'm not a cowboy. And nor are you. (laughs) So coming up this Sunday, as we continue to look at the early life of Jesus, we're going to be looking at the miracle that Jesus performed in Cana in Galilee. Um, where he turned water into wine. It's in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, he said, That's not our problem. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill those jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out, take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, Not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everything, when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Gotta love Jesus getting a little cheeky with his mother. That's right. <laughs> What's that to do with me? That's not my problem. Which kind of goes with <laughs> my theory that Jesus was just kind of mischievous and would get lost sometimes. And mm-hmm. Mary was done with all his nonsense. 
and said it'll show back up in the scripture we studied a few weeks ago. Yeah, human and divine. Yes. It's both there. Yeah. It's clearly And present. I guess a lot of times I picture Jesus, we picture him as very serious, very stern through stuff, and I don't. I think he probably had a fantastic sense of humor, was a little bit of a cut-up. There's that whole story where um, Peter tries to walk on water and he ends up sinking and has to be saved. From it. And I picture Jesus pulling him into the boat like some little drowned puppy looking half his size. And he goes, Peter, if only you had believed, you know. But the rest of us have it. Peter, if you would believe. I think he did it humorously. So I see a lot of this, like... When Mary and Joseph found him in the temple, where else would you find me? Why would you not start here? It's like if I lose my younger son, I'm going to go look for him playing a video game somewhere. If I can't find Andrew, he's going to be taking something apart in a workshop. Um, where would you look for Jesus? In the temple. Oh, and that might have been not because he was so pious, but because he knew there were people to argue with in the temple. Might have been. I thought you were about to say that the, the Peter scenario that you, you imagine Jesus as the, the car insurance guy with the fishing pole and the dollar. Oh, you gotta be quicker than that, Pete. You gotta be quicker than that, Peter. Which really cracked me up. And I, today we've had others who have pointed out that Jesus' term for her, calling her woman, mm-hmm. um, in there might not carry quite the little bite and edge to it yeah. that, that we may hear. It could have been a, a term of endearment. Um, I I think this is a really great point that we often overanalyze and read reverence and quietness onto Jesus. And I describe this, I think I've mentioned this on pause with the pastors before, but I describe this to my youth who get a lot of instructions on being, you know, moral and upright and quiet at all the right times, uh, not only from their family, but from all these formative voices in their life. Sometimes we put those words of make sure to sit up straight and not have your elbows on the table onto Jesus, and that mm-hmm. becomes who I call Mr. Jesus. So Mr. <laughs> Jesus wants you to um, always be quiet when the adults are talking and to go to bed on time and to be quiet in the car. And um, then there's... They don't learn those things from you, though. No, they don't learn <laughs> yes from me. Then there's Jesus Jesus, who... Uh, like you said, bullied Peter and ran from his mom and uh, had a little fun. Um, Which is a great way to think about mm-hmm. this sermon. Mm-hmm. Because there are all these niceties that we assume are part and parcel of what it means to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Saying, excuse me, after you burp. Um, which opening the door, do. which you should do, right? That's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Right. But that's not necessarily what being a person of faith means any more than opening the door for someone else. That may be nice, Mm -hmm. but discipleship, the Christian faith, is much more significant. Well, and we fall into this idea that um, a Christian looks, acts, and talks in a particular way. Like Christians dress a certain way. Um, They do or don't do certain things. They don't use colorful language. That's right. Um, And I think what we see, if we really look genuinely at the story of Jesus, we know that he was very popular at parties, particularly parties with sinners, um, because even Jesus says, you know, John came not doing any of this stuff, um, dressing rough, preaching hard, not eating and drinking with all of y'all. I come doing it. You don't like either one of Mm -hmm. us. Like, you don't like either side of this coin. 
Um, so Jesus was popular with people, which I think probably tells us he had a decent personality, yeah. a good sense of humor. Um, and some of those things would not necessarily be associated with being a Christian. As a matter of fact, it was one of the charges they kind of leveled against him was, you can't be the Messiah because you're hanging out with the wrong crowd. You're hanging out with sinners. Um, and I don't know. Y'all may have grown up. <clears throat> My mother always said, careful who your friends are. You become the company you keep. Yes. Oh, yeah. And there is truth to that um, in the same way that Scripture says, turn the other cheek. But it doesn't mean we're always supposed to stand silent and never speak up for anything. It's about yeah. balance and appropriateness. Right. I, um, I remember learning in seminary about how we teach kids to abide by this sense mm-hmm. that um, Jesus bumped up against, as you're talking about, that we often take this image, this idea of what a Christian looks like and acts like, and we mold it into this thing called therapeutic moralistic deism. And we teach it to our youth, especially in Protestant churches, where we say, there's a God, but you don't really need to know that much about him. Just believe that there is one. You need to be nice and follow all the rules. And you need to think that God wants you to be a person who contributes to your community and that God wants you to be happy and have a successful life. And Jesus is so much more complicated than saying, there's a God, you should be nice, and God wants you to have a good life, that Mm -hmm. Jesus wants people to be honest with their emotions and serious with their grief and to support people that are celebrating and mourn with those who are mourning. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more complicated than It's much more difficult and much more substantive as well. And the problem with that model you just shared with us is that when young people reject the idea of wanting to follow that model, they also end up rejecting God along with it. Um, When we set them up with a certainly less than full picture, if not a dishonest picture of who God is, and then we get frustrated with them when they reject God because of it. Yeah. One of my favorite quotations is by Friedrich Nietzsche. Um, and he said that um, God created man in his image, and then man, being a gentleman, returned the favor. So that's what we want ourselves to be, what you described. I think it's a very pervasive idea of humanity and flourishing. And so we impose that upon God. And then once we've imposed that upon God and created God to be this idea of that, then we expect everybody else to abide by it. Um, and while there may be some places of congruency with the Christian faith, Christian faith is more about agape, sacrificial love, much more in depth than about things. sometimes turning over tables yeah. and raising a ruckus about something that is unjust, and sometimes about being peaceable when everyone else is all wound up. Sometimes it's about associating with the wrong people, and it seems to be very, very little about wearing the right clothes when you come to worship or. Um, always having the right manners. And that's clearly a part of who we are as Methodists. I mean, that's what Wesley was so upset about and felt God calling him to change about his faith community, that Mm -hmm. everyone by law followed the rules and regulations of the Church of England. And he saw that even though people looked right, according to society's standards, their hearts weren't right. And this is the same thing Jesus is doing, and it's what we hope for the people of faith in our community is that we would learn, yes, if we want to look right, that's great. But instead of worrying about matters of the 
outer container. What is the state of our hearts? That's who we are as Methodists, to be concerned with matters of sincerity and truth and spirit. You know, as we anticipate um, debuting our Anniston Bar Church in February on Wednesdays, I can't help but think about that, especially in the scripture where Jesus does a really challenging thing in blurring the lines between sacred and secular things, right? So he takes these ritual cleansing jars, my, the, the term that came to my mind first, I want to say was vats, but that, it's not a vat. It's a, it's a jar used for ritual cleansing, but he takes jars used for ritual cleansing in the Jewish tradition and turns those into wine, something we would associate mm-hmm. with raucous and those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Um, which reminds me that more often than not, God is somewhere outside in the, you know, in the secular things. God is present. Um, that God is present everywhere. Mm-hmm. So take a moment and share a little bit more about Anniston Bar Church. Mm-hmm. So Anniston Bar Church is coming back virtually on Wednesday evenings at 7 in February, and we're going to be doing a new sort of mini-series on mental health. We're calling this Make a Mental Note. Um, many of us have that practice where we think, I need to make a mental note to do this. Well, 2020, um, the presidential election, all of the anxiety and stress in our world has really compounded mental illness and made us more aware of things that we need to do to take care of our mental health. So this sort of sermon series is going to be a time for us to make preparations on how we're going to deal with our own mental health, how we're going to develop strategies for ensuring that when those crises inevitably come, we're prepared to to deal with them as best we can. We're going to have several guests on throughout um, this series, many from the community, some from this community of faith, but some also from this region that, that many of you are familiar with as they share their struggles and their stories. And so I hope you'll tune in on Wednesdays at 7 in February to, to listen to that and hopefully get the skills and tools that, that you need, that we all need to deal with um, whatever comes our way in this world that, that we live in. So we hope that you'll join us this Sunday, January 31st. We are online only um, as we continue to watch our COVID numbers. And we may be back in the sanctuary next week. We we will um, have to look at those numbers and see. We cross our fingers and hope. But we will be using the story of Jesus' miracle of turning water into wine in Cana at a wedding to explore the difference between appearing to be a Christian and being a faithful Christian. Look for that on Sunday morning on YouTube or Facebook at 10 a.m. And then be looking for Bar Church Wednesday. We hope you'll join us.